0: And then we're going to say something funny, as I say every time I click record.
1: We've never been funny a day in our lives.
0: (laughs) That'll do it. This is Bray and Barricades. I am Nemo Martin, your host. I use they, them pronouns. And today before recording, Kath. Our friend put us both on blast by sending us a webcomic of uh, Bagheera and Baloo. <laughs> it was that one line where uh, Bagheera is like, he wouldn't marry a panther. And Baloo is like, "Well, wow. <laughs> one hasn't asked me yet to give him a like side eye. And Kath was like, I feel like both Nemo and Stevie would ship this and both <laughs> Nemo and Stevie in the chat went, yeah, I've read the six. <laughs> there are only 18, um, which is quite sad.
1: Yeah, the art that there is is stunning. I'm, I, yeah. I feel like we've... Surely it's cheating. I've... Surely one of us has sent one of the cute arts to the group chat before. <laughs> you didn't just pull this out of me either. <laughs> we were known I mean... shippers. <laughs> It's.
0: I mean, it is literally everything that we care about. It's two sarcastic old men who adopt a child and <laughs> love the child.
1: <laughs> a weakness. <laughs> this is Stevie. She her pronouns. Your primary researcher. The other half of the Balloon Bakira <laughs> Ship Brigade. <laughs> um, I have taken up some part time being a tattoo artist assistant. So on paper, between my three-quarter tattoo <laughs> sleeves, various piercings, make latex and now tattoo assistant, I could almost in theory in bullet points be really cool.
0: <laughs> I thought you were gonna end that with being um the AU, like the perfect <laughs> Venn diagram of everyone's AUs. Oh and I was like, you need to work in a coffee shop as well for like one day a week and then you're And set. then I've done it.
1: And the florist, <laughs> and maybe a baker. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm the like edgy AU. Yeah, where it's
0: like it's the florist and the tattoo artist. Rather than the like coffee shop and florist. It's the, yeah. the edgy one. Well
1: my girlfriend did some work experience at a florist's Years ago, but mm, yeah, but I think the everything else about me ruins that I could be cool. <laughs> also, when I was thinking, they're like, Oh wow, now that I'm like also tattoo artist assistant, I could be cool, but you're like, Ah, you put podcaster on the end of that list, negates everything else. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Yeah, the, the
0: book podcaster,
1: <laughs> <laughs> like this in particular, you're like, Well, you might as well not have any tattoos. <laughs> Speaking of, uh, being cool, you know what is cool kids? Handicrafts. <laughs> <laughs> you know who shows those little secret pockets into his yellow coat? You'll never believe it. It's Valjean. <laughs> Watching his pocket chinish. <laughs> Just, like, fat rolls of bills. <laughs> <laughs> so, as I kind of spoiled it in the last episode... Uh, about his housekeeper woman who's like keeping a bit of an eye on him is slightly suspicious of him she kind of like you know there's not much to do this is what tv is is that you're like oh what's he doing i'm gonna look through the crack in that door and sees him like carefully cutting a little hole in the bottom of his tail coat and just producing these like huge bills which he like occasionally will ask her to check in, and she just when she finally like realizes that they're coming from this hidden pocket, and she's like, Oh my god, there's so there's that must mean there's many of them in there. I was just like, Oh shit, and that's that first chapter, basically. <laughs> she's terrified by the uh, the fat stacks. <laughs> I, I like, I'm like
0: trying to imagine. In a, in a modern adaptation what that would be I'm just like I can't even imagine like he just like opens because you know we're in a cashless society now because uh, the government needs to track every single monetary he's got
1: gold bars do. Nemo he's my dad where he's like I don't believe in the bank system I just need to bury some these tiny bits of gold and you're like that's not enough to be worth much <laughs>
0: I was like imagining like platinum VIP cards just like <laughs> Bitcoin. Oh, my god, yeah. oh She's just... like spying over his shoulder looking at his Bitcoin wallet and being like, oh my god, there's double digits.
1: <laughs> that literally would be it, peeking. Or oh, she's like got one of those nanny cam fares, And that's mm. how she's doing the spying on him, and that's how she sees the Bitcoin transactions and is like, fuck, okay. Well, I feel like
0: hmm, would would John Valjean have a password on his computer? Because I feel like he's the kind of person who's a an old man, so doesn't know how to put a password Uh. on a computer. B the kind of person who doesn't believe in locking doors, like the Bishop (laughs) Myriel. But C would definitely have Bitcoin. Yeah, (laughs) so would know about computer safety.
1: All of these Mm. things can at once be true (laughs) only through Jean Valjean. (laughs) I'm willing to buy it. Oh,
0: so sorry. (laughs) No, you go, you (laughs) round this up. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, opening scene interior, the Gorbu tenement, the housekeeper is cleaning up Jean Valjean's house is, like, wiping down his table, accidentally, like, nudges his mouse. The screen... He squeezes <laughs> a mouse! <laughs> yeah! And then the screen, like, wipes open, and it's just the Bitcoin wallet just lying open. She's like, oh my god, his jacket, which is what he names his <laughs> computer because it's skinned yellow. <laughs> uh there's many, many bitcoins in it. I th- I feel like even like one bitcoin is worth like a thousand pounds at this point. Oh wow! Uh,
1: yeah, I'm not down with the kids.
0: <laughs> it's either that or one bitcoin is like zero point zero zero one pence. It fluctuates. It's quite exactly closely, like Nectar
1: card points. <laughs>
0: <laughs> N- <laughs> Nectar points were the first bitcoins. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, okay. The other things that he's got sewn into the lining of this jacket are some various wigs and a large knife. So how does he's just that speak the Comic Con? <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's had to
0: he's he's on a busy schedule. He's got um se- he's got seven cosplays, he's gotta do three a day, um one on one more if he goes all three days. He's got a knife because you know your costume just falls apart all the time, so you need to have your sewing materials, you need to have a knife on you. Um, so, yeah, he's just a super rich cosplayer. Um,
1: he's dressed up as, uh um, oh, that boy. Oh, sweet criminal. What was his name? <laughs> what in what anime? In oh, oh, um. It <laughs> wasn't sweet criminal? What
0: do you mean? That's not real. Um, the only thing in my head right now is Gentleman Jack, but that's not what... Gen-
1: <laughs> Gentleman... Gentle Criminal. <laughs> he is Gentle Criminal! Yeah! <laughs> so he's got his Gentle Criminal <laughs> outfit on, that's his main cosplay. Yeah. And all the wigs in his jacket. Um, I was... Now I'm going to be stuck on this for a while. When I read it, I was like, how lumpy is that coat? He's just got, like, <laughs> like several wigs. It's several wigs, <laughs> as well as the money and the knife, in the lining of his jacket. So now I'm imagining it's a puffer jacket, but I don't think that's what they had at the time.
0: No, they definitely did not. <laughs> I do want to say, like, if anyone hasn't seen Boku no Hero*. And hasn't seen Gentle Criminal. If you imagine what Jean Valjean looks like in any like cartoon, he does look it's exactly just like him. Jean him. <laughs> He's got like gray neck length hair swooped back. He's got the like gray mustache and beard. He's wearing like a tailcoat, and it's just Jean Valjean.
1: When I saw that episode, I was like, Nemo, I need you to catch up. I am forced <laughs> to stand. <laughs> Oh, he is just Jean Valjean in the AU where he leans into a crime, but not even big crime.
0: He was only doing it to help others, wasn't he? Something, something, something backstory, something.
1: Something, something. I don't even care, I love him. <laughs> yeah, literally. <laughs> um, and that's, like, the picture we're left with, is Jean Valjean getting ready for Comic-Con with his big <laughs> Um, And... I know that you don't know what's coming, but like, I, surely you vibe with him so hard that maybe you do. Who's going know who's gonna come up this chapter? Um, <laughs> but, so anyway, there's this old man who is usually outside of this one church that Jean Valjean walks by, and, mm. and uh, Jean Valjean always makes sure to like give him some coin. But on this one evening, where you know everything is everything's normal and the same but for some reason he looks up at jean valjean for a moment when he's giving him being given the coin and even jean valjean doesn't know why he's like well that was only a second but i'm still looking at him and everything's the same and the outfit's <laughs> the same but the uh old ver- Verges, placidly beautific face was terrifying and familiar and you're like oh who could he be familiar with um, but <laughs> some, there's only one man. There's, there's only two men, and one of them has already been named in this. Um, <laughs> yeah, Jean Valjean's like, no, it's fine. I'll go back home. It's fine. Hmm. But he, I hardly dare admit to myself that the face I thought I had seen was <gasps> Javert. <laughs>
0: <laughs> there is a really funny comic on Tumblr. I I hope that I'll be able to find it to link in the um. The description but there is a comic of this moment and it's just so perfect it's the like just strolling along sudden intense eye contact <laughs> poops along sweating
1: <laughs> please find and send um yeah jean Valjean's like oh no but you know oh, it's fine he goes back the next day and they're like i'll talk to him i'll talk to him oh no it's just still this old man It's like oh, that's fine then he's like jean Valjean's like okay no I'm reassured. I'm laughing. How the devil could (laughs) I have seen Javert here? (laughs) Is my eyesight failing me now? And I was like, (laughs) oh, eyesight. Bad eyesight. That's a (laughs) new (laughs) thing. So he's back into his false sense of security. Um, But then there's some footsteps outside his door. He's like, oh, Gazette, be quiet. Then those footsteps are like quite heavy. (laughs) <laughs> kind of like a man's, but the old woman, she does wear these heavy shoes and nothing is so like a man's footfall as that of an old woman. you're <laughs> like, okay.
0: <laughs> okay. okay um,
1: he gets Cosette to be quiet. jean Valjean is like motionless. These footsteps are like creeping down the hallway. They pause for a second outside the door. And then there's a the light through the keyhole, which created the effect of a sinister star... In the blackness <laughs> of the door and the wall. <laughs> so now we've got star and the eyesight thing. So like th- this got it all. And then the footsteps then continue on, and it felt like I've just watched the murder of By, Bi- matter the haunting of By Bi- Manor. Mm. So this was very like spooky season, creepy <laughs> down the hallway. There's a light. Oh, the pausing footsteps. Jean Valjean's like, okay, I'll try and sleep. It's fine. But then. The footsteps come back and pause outside the door again, so Jean Valjean's like, Oh, I'll look through the key I'll look through the keyhole. It's quite a quite a big keyhole, which I don't know why, but I was like, mm, when I read that. Um <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I
0: just, like, my brain was like tick, 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 one finger, two finger, three finger, fist.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I was like trying not to invoke that, but yes. Yeah. <laughs> We're like, um. yeah, his
0: knotted stick and his heavy cudgel <laughs> and his wide, what was it, wide keyhole, this
1: gaping keyhole. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> he puts his eye to, and you're like, now I'm in this space. Now I'm worried. You know, jump to put your eye to that hole. You um, can see the outline of a man, but he can't see the face. Um, but with true, you know. Victor Hugo is his own light director, passes through just this like tiny bit of light so that Jean Valjean can see that the man was tall, wearing a long frock coat with a trenchant under the arm. He had Javert's solid build. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I feel like it's only since you pointed out to me a couple episodes ago, uh, a couple episodes ago that you were like, oh, you know, fandom goes through the, and now Javert is small. And now Javert is tall. But it's only since you said that the tall Javert is having a renaissance and I'm like, is it only now being mentioned in the book? Because Nemo told me
0: that? (laughs) He is tall. He's like consistently tall. But yeah. And
1: solid.
0: (laughs) And solid. He's a solid man. He
1: was the beefy boy the whole time. (laughs) But he continues on. Jean Valjean doesn't dare to look through the window to try and catch a glimpse of his face, uh, but then goes to talk to the old woman housekeeper and is like, oh, so, uh, hoo-hoo, everything good? And she's like, yeah, yeah, so anyway, yeah, you might have heard something. He's like, oh, well, now that you mention it, actually, I wasn't going to bring it up, but I did actually hear something last night. Um, What was that about? Uh, She's like, oh, yeah, so we've got this new lodger, a man of means like yourself, he goes like, "Well, maybe he was reading too much into it." But the way he read it was, "I need to get the fuck out." Yeah. <laughs> um and the uh roll credits title of the chapter drop. He's trying to stuff that money back in his coat, trying to be quiet but one five-franc coin escaped from his hands and ro- rolled noisily across the floor. And that was the name of the chapter. And then that happened at the end of the chapter, so I was like, oh, that coin, that loud coin, that's going to like be really relevant. And then it wasn't.
0: <laughs> uh, it does come back. I do remember the coin dropping, so it must be vaguely relevant. Well I mean to be fair I do remember a lot of details from this book though.
1: I hope it does, because like oh that was how I was gonna start this episode with the like woo-woo this is the express train to I'm getting us through four chapters today if it killed me. <laughs> so I have <laughs> read further ahead than usual and this coin has not yet been relevant. Okay, okay. Maybe I am just misremembering it. No, well, It's Hugo, so in 200 pages time, maybe it will come up.
0: Yeah, that's
1: true. Um, But so ends with that loud rolling of the coin. That book, and we're on to book five Silent Stalkers in the Dark. A zigzag strategy. (laughs) Um, So, we've we've just had two chapters that, you know, Victor Hugo's been warming us back up, warming us back up, and he's like, right, here I am. Here, something needs to be said regarding the pages you're about to read as well as others that you will come to later. Reluctantly obliged to speak of himself. The author of this book has not been in Paris for many years now. Reluctantly (laughs) obliged.
0: Reluctantly obliged, you know, because he wouldn't want anyone to know that he was exiled,
1: but just in case you didn't know. (laughs) I hate to speak of myself and I think we can all agree I've never once done that in the book so far. I hate to do that. But I just can't have anyone telling me that I've gotten these streets wrong. So I now speak to you of the Paris that I knew and loved. I'm a man of Paris and Paris is my spiritual home. Let me speak of that Paris as though it still existed. The one in my memory. Anyway. Here is the whole way out of Paris, so i'm gonna not give us all of that, but if you really want to know the 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 streets that Victor Hugo once walked, then this is the chapter for you. <laughs> oh no, but first, this line: the face of your homeland is as dear to you as the face of your mother
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Allow us, I beg you to speak of the past in the present tense. Here I go, Victor Hugo. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so anyway jean valjean he's turned off that boulevard he's going this direction in the behavior of a uh, hunted stag running for cover there was a full moon that night jean valjean was not sorry for this so bear in mind do not forget how dramatic the lighting is right now the shadows are pretty intense guys Yeah, he's pulled Cazette out of the house and they're running down all these streets and turning down all these specific roads that these are what the roads look like when I still knew Paris, but maybe it's not like that right now. She's just so used to um, the old man's peculiarities. Peculiarities. Can you say that word for me?
0: (laughs) Peculiarities.
1: She's so used to those. (laughs) Um, and the eccentricities of fate that she's not even bothered or really surprised she's just like okay running along beside him he trusted in god as she trusted in him so he's this is kind of would have made for a good choose your own adventure book this chapter actually because at least three times it's like he came to a fork does he go left here's what that looked like does he go right here's what that looked like you decide (laughs) He first goes right, um, and he's thinking about Javert a lot. He was absolutely sure it was Javert. It might have been Javert without, or no, um, he was not. He was not even absolutely sure it was Javert. And then it might have been Javert without Javert even knowing it was Jean Valjean. Why like, that Jean Valjean? <laughs> Actually, I guess to be fair, it was once Jean Valjean, and Javert did not know it was Jean Valjean. I mean. I'm just thinking of all of the
0: modern A's where it's like, oh, my neighbor. It's it's like the rom-com thing, right? Of like, oh, my neighbor, like, it can't be the stalker who fancies me. (laughs)
1: Literally. I was also, before Jean Valjean immediately left the house, I was like, oh my god, (laughs) his neighbor's A.U. Like... (laughs) We didn't realise we we're living in the same building, but we don't want to embarrass ourselves in front of the landlady, so we kind of pretend that everything's chill and then fall in love.
0: Yeah, I mean, there are plenty of those.
1: <laughs> That's true. I was about to demand you write me one. But we're living in choose-your-own-adventure version of this story. Yeah. Um, the labyrinthine routes that he takes. Yeah, he's running around Paris with devious cunning. Um. And then and then he like passes really close to a police station. And I'm like, was that okay, that was a choice that you made for yourself. But even the police station said no police rights. And it was the light of the police station that actually exposed the three uh police who was following after Jean Valjean. Uh, dun, dun, dun. <laughs> betrayed Cop on them violence. the light betrayed them says Victor Hugo, and he just thinks he's still those men. <laughs> so he's like, ah, whoops. Grabs cause, uh, uh, yeah, he he like, just assume over the next couple chapters that he puts her down and then, like a paragraph later, picks her back up. And then he puts <laughs> her back down, and then is like, this is taking too long, and he picks her back up. But, like, over and over. <laughs> just hold her. Just hold her.
0: Uh, You'll get a baby sling.
1: Running through Paris with a baby sling Uh, through the moonlight. He finds a little doorway and he's like, okay, I'll hide here. And then sure enough, not three minutes had gone by before the men appeared. And now there's four of them, all of them tall, (laughs) with their truncheons and their hats. They were no less alarming for their tall stature and huge fists (laughs) than for the sinister way they sculpt in the shadows. I do quite like this though. They looked like four spectres disguised as respectable citizens. Mm,
0: yeah, I mean, I read a post the other day which was like, um, it was really long. It was about uh, how police were treated in nineteenth-century Paris, anyway, and that because we come from a, you know, a modern, hopefully everyone who listens to this is of the a cab variety, anyway. Um, I mean, at this point, <laughs> I feel like. <laughs> Um, uh, but that in Victor Hugo's time, police weren't seen as, like, bastions of the state anyway. Like, they were seen as not great human beings. Mm. Um, and it's only now that, or it's only recently that police have begun through propaganda to become, like, heroes yeah. in media. Um... Whereas yeah, before Javert's job was like, you know, it was he wasn't like lauded by society for being a hero, cop, policeman, inspector. He was like pretty low ranking and nobody would have respected him and they didn't have uniforms or anything or anything like that. So I feel like yeah, we're like haha (laughs) these four specters,
1: but yeah, you know, it is exactly what he was Saying, I guess we're all like, ah, yeah, you yeah. don't know Victor Hugo, and he's like, actually, these. Yeah, don't come in actually so, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah it is now that they've those specters have stopped in the middle of the crossroads, trying to decide what to do. That uh, one of them points vigorously with his right hand in the direction of Jean Valjean. Um, <laughs> the others are like, maybe this other way. That um, then the first man turned around. The moonlight caught him full in the face. Jean Valjean. Jean Valjean. <laughs> <laughs> Jean Valjean would know that face anywhere. He recognized it with absolute certainty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and then we're on to chapter three. I've gone through like, for
0: like the last two years of doing this podcast, I didn't read any Valverics, apart from when I was like linking it in the show mm-hmm. notes. I don't know.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Something may have rekindled a little fire here, <laughs>
0: because we're like he's a trash person. Yeah, like, you know, and like a couple of years ago, I would have done the Javert apologism, but even at the start of this podcast, like I, I, I don't apologize for anything that Javert did. Yeah, um, or does. But now <laughs> I could I could read him as a character again. Maybe. Yeah. I'm not sure.
1: Well, Um. surely at this point, at least we're old enough to be like, look, just because you will read something does not mean you agree with it. We (laughs) have to preface that. But for anyone who needs to hear it. um, (laughs) Yeah, because I was kind of surprised, because I feel like I also went through the journey of being like, okay, I know this is Nemo's ship, so this must be like this lifelong thing between these two characters because that's what <laughs> it sounds you know when you're just sort of seeing what's happening on your dash yeah. and then when I was first doing research and there was that thing that was like oh he's he's become the major like villain and mm. everyone thinks that all he cares about is chasing down this one man but that's not the case so I was like oh, okay so people are just doing what I do which is you're like that side character that's the one I like <laughs> but then you get to chapters yeah. like this, and you're like, he ju- they just, they recognize each other immediately. What's that about? <laughs> <laughs> like, it, it's quite, a, like, if I, I do often, as my friends well know, I'll be like, oh, that art's interesting. I don't know these characters, but like, that's something <laughs> I'll just go read books of that. If I yeah. read these two chapters and that was all I'd read that would be enough for me to be like this is interesting (laughs) there's like chemistry whether or not that's like romantic you're like there's something there uh,
0: literally literally the only reason that this podcast exists is because when I saw the 2012 film I was like I don't give a shit about anything but let's jokingly see if Valvera is a ship and then now I'm doing a PhD (laughs) on (laughs) it isn't
1: that just the way it goes
0: yeah it's the like um, saying some stupid vocabulary like just out of a joke and then not being able to get rid of it
1: (laughs) I've not thought about Schrödinger's gun for like a whole (laughs) one week (laughs) so for Jean Valjean the uncertainty was over fortunately it continued for those men and again, that's beginning to tire, so he scoops her up in his arms and carries her. There was not a soul about, and the street lamps had not been lit because that moon, do not forget the lighting of the moon. <laughs> um, <laughs> he's running down this other street. He gets to another place. Uh, oh, so he gets to this bridge that you have to pay some money to cross. And he's told, like, oh, you got to pay. There's two of you, so you've got to pay twice. And he's like, oh, I, he paid, but he's annoyed about it because, like, that meant that someone spoke to him, All flight should go unnoticed. Yeah, so he's like running down this bridge, and there's actually this little, like, quite well lit path ahead of him. But he's like, mm, I'm gonna risk running across it because at this point he's like shaken. The police following him, hunted, yes, followed, no. Um, that was a line that wasn't me. Um. So he took that risk. He like keeps checking behind him. He can see that they've like just got to the beginning of the toll bridge, but he doesn't think that they've seen which little path he just took. The street was very dark and narrow and seemed specially designed for him. And then later, I just like like him vibing with the street. It seemed to him that he could they could trust themselves to that silent little street. He started along it.
0: Hmm. I I was wondering, by the way, whether you noticed that this is the like the scene in Owari Tabiji, which I haven't did. seen anywhere
1: <laughs> else. I was thinking of it. That ah, maybe, I guess that was why we were like, pick her up, run faster. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we just being really true to the source material. Yeah, I was thinking of the train <laughs> this whole time. <laughs> but he's the one in the bright coloured coat and not Cosette. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's true. And her super unkidnappable costume
1: <laughs> that should have been kidnap proof that red jacket
0: <laughs> but i wonder why that's not the reason why kids clothes are really colorful kids just like color
1: <laughs> i was like i wonder if that's the reason why
0: kids clothes are so colorful so they can't be kidnapped so easily
1: no oh, maybe
0: i kind of hope not but yeah
1: <laughs> secondary uh just an added benefit. Jean Valjean should be very unkidnappable. Yeah, what is he doing in a yellow coat when he skulks around <laughs> in the night all the time?
0: Yeah, literally, get some black clothing, you idiot.
1: And, like, isn't it... Am I imagining that it was velvet, the same as the yellow velvet chair? I don't know whether
0: it was velvet.
1: Because <laughs> if it is, that's that, like, catches the light quite nicely, which is kind of, like, not what you want. When you're escaping in the night, but he's pretty sure about this side street, so it doesn't even matter. They don't seem to have realised which way that he's gone. So, once again, before him, there were two paths that looked like the two arms of a Y. Which one to choose? He did not hesitate. He took the right-hand one. Why? Because the left-hand fork went towards the built-up ha- area, and the one on the right led to an open countryside, in other words, an uninhabited area. <laughs> <laughs> Um I I actually really loved this. <laughs> Where you're just like Is it silly? I don't know. Like it really, really feels like a choose your own adventure book. And actually I'm really loving that energy right now.
0: I mean I do I I do remember enjoying reading it and I actually forgot that this happened. Like I forgot that this um interlude happened between the two things that I was remembering happening next so it's it's a, a nice um, chase car chase
1: scene yeah it is quite exciting actually mm-hmm. it's more so when it isn't slowed down with all of the streets but yeah. it's still exciting because um, that's yeah. pace is slowing down again and, and in the video game you've got like the meter of her stamina and you've got to scoop it back up um, yeah so he's picking her up and carrying her again. Keeps looking. Also assume so between him picking her up and putting her back down, and you're choosing: do I go left or do I go right? You also have to check over your shoulder like six times a chapter hmm. just to keep. Well, I guess you don't want to keep the police in your sights, but you kind of you want to know are they are they at the end of the street. Um, hmm. so assume he's doing that several times. One of them. He was certain when he, having turned around, that he thought he saw in the darkness something moving, but he did not so much walk as race ahead, trying to cover up his tracks, like taking, sometimes, you know, like almost not quite doubling back on yourself, but, you know, go, taking such a squiggly route that it would be hard to follow in a linear way. So like trying to sh- shake them off. Mm. And then he comes to a wall. Well, so when it was, so I was like, oh, it comes to a wall. And you're like, oh, that means, you know, it's a dead end. But it's like, oh, but actually, uh there's a lane so you're like so it's not a wall? here again the decision to go left or right he looked to the right extended a short distance uh there's like buildings some storehouse sheds comes to a dead end but then at the bottom of the that alley is a high blank wall to the left open ended 200 paces away fed into a main thoroughfare which direction do you think he took <laughs> <laughs> probably
0: not the one towards the main thoroughfare <laughs>
1: You would be wrong! (laughs) It was in that direction that safety lay. Obviously, I guess. God. (laughs) So it's just as he's thinking, yeah, obviously I run to people, even though that's a thing I've literally never done. He could see at the end of that lane some sort of motionless black statue. It was a person, a man, who'd obviously just been posted there and waiting to stop anyone getting through. Jean Valjean shrank back. And then we get another... Victor Hugo, like, oh, so, you know, this area has been built up a bit. And, you know, it's worse, according to some, for better, according to others. All we can say is it's been completely transformed. Let me list off, in all the ways it's been transformed. You're like, the chase, the chase. Does it include, does it, does it
0: Um, raise the dramatic tension to, like, <laughs> put these chase scenes in Victor Hugo? Put these uh, non-chase scenes in the chase scene, Victor Hugo?
1: I don't think so. <laughs> I'm looking at everything I underlined, and you're like, oh, it look like a Spanish town. Nice. There's like, uh, you know, not many shops here. It's a bit blank. Occasional candle, gardens, allotments. Such was the neighborhood." <laughs> 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 um. Yeah. Where did, where's the story? You. You. Th- so then you get a lot of the like. So uh, this road and this road. There's. It's a Y-shaped configuration of streets um, formed by this street. Which divides into two, the left hand going this way and it's called this, and the right hand going this way called this. Um, then there's another why. Um, so I argue that it slowed down the thrill of the chase. <laughs> Just a bit. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, this is where Jean Valjean was standing. And that phantom was lying in wait for him. What was he to do? Too late to go back? What he had seen a moment ago, moving in the shadows some distance behind him, was undoubtedly Javert. And his squad. Um, he's probably already at the top of the street. Um, and Jean Valjean was standing at the end of it. We're from two different worlds.
0: (laughs) It's basically Romeo and Juliet.
1: (laughs) If you think about it, um, all the signs were that Javert was familiar with this little maze. So, like, all these thoughts are whirling around in Jean Valjean's anguished brain like a handful of dust caught up by an unexpected gust of wind. He's considering all the routes to take. Um, That way, blocked. That way, guarded. He saw a dark figure standing out black against the white pavement bathed in moonlight. (laughs) Always bathed in moonlight. (laughs) That's Amore. (laughs) To go on was to run into that man. To go back was to run straight into Javert. (laughs) And I had the thought that I have literally never known the whole saying of this saying but i think about it so much is it a bird in the hand is better than something a bird
0: oh god i have no idea
1: (sighs) i know i could have because like i literally it comes to my head so often i could have looked it up any point in my life but have chosen not to for some reason a bird in the hand is worth two in the bush has that come up on this podcast before I don't think so,
0: but apparently, according to the dot com idioms, um, a bird in the hand is often used by itself, and it was taken from the proverb "a bird in the hand is worth two from the bush," which means which means that having something, even if it oh God, <laughs> even if it is a lesser quality, is better than taking the chance of losing it in order to attain something else that seems more desirable. So, huh. kind of. Like, instead of the grass is always greener? Yeah. Like, stay where you are. Like, it's better to stay where you are rather than to go to where you think the grass is greener and have just nothing. because you think it might be greener where you'd be losing your stability where you are.
1: Okay, so a uh, Javert at one end of the street is worse than a other man at the other? <laughs> it doesn't really check out but that was the thought that I had. Without even knowing the idiom, I was like, ah, Javert in the hand.
0: (laughs) (laughs) A jailbird in the hand is better than uh, two in the other. uh, (laughs) Question mark? Question mark. That's kind of what happens um, later uh, uh, when Javert has to pick between chasing different people and he sticks with capturing all of the Thénardiers rather than going for Jean Valjean.
1: Ah.
0: Question mark, question mark, question
1: mark. A Jean Valjean in the hand is better than a Thénardier <laughs> in a bush. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that that has been forced to make some sense, whereas <laughs> I was just like, literally just was like, uh uh-huh, bad in the hand. <laughs>
0: He just wanted to say Jean Valjean in the hand.
1: Yeah. (laughs) With Javert's in his hand. (laughs) Jean Valjean felt caught in a slowly tightening net. Uh, He looked mm. up to heaven in despair. And that's five chapters.
0: (laughs) We did five chapters?
1: Yeah. Oh, wow. Wait, let me count them. A Javert in the hand chapter, running through the streets. That's two, three... Wow, this is just Stevie Can't Count ASMR. <laughs> um, four.
0: Five. Five! Wow, that is the most chapters
1: we've ever done. <laughs> I did go through them a bit frantically. And now I'm like, I could have bashed out a sick at this pace. <laughs> That's like the energy I can bring to this podcast when I don't have to work all day. <laughs> and then... Turns out try and desperately read it half an hour after I've eaten and before we start recording.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I do remember this chase scene quite... I don't know. The word in my head was about be fondly. <laughs> um, <laughs>
1: ah yes, the chase.
0: But I don't know. I don't know whether it, what it would be like um, living in Paris and knowing the streets and stuff. Especially, especially when Hugo is like Forgive me, the, the writer would never like to put in outdated street names, but he is banished from his homeland, his motherland, and so cannot check the street names. Not that that stopped him from writing anything inaccurate before, but um, <laughs> it kind of makes me wish that. I feel like this is one of the times where I'm like, this. Is chapter probably would have been really doubly excellent if you were at the right time period and could imagine the the streets like you know when um it doesn't happen often because a lot of like hollywood films and stuff when they show london they just show like the london eye and the bridge and stuff but like in um there's a tv show called the bill um And it's like a police procedural, but it's shot in Croydon, which is uh, where I grew up. And, like, sometimes when they show, like, alleyways and stuff in in shows like that, when you're like, oh, my God, yeah, I totally know where this is. (laughs) And, like, it adds to, I guess, not the, maybe the immersion, but the, like, feeling really invested in it. Mm. Um, Because you're like, oh, yeah, like, I know that if you run down the street and you go down this street, then you'll be able to go to this street and stuff. Um I feel like that is kind of missing from this scene because it's like I cannot picture what any of these streets yeah. look
1: like. Yeah, I guess like oh god, in Thor into the Dark World where he's like, Where is he? He's is he in Canary Wharf and he wants to get to somewhere and they're like, Oh, just take this line. Yeah, and every everyone from London was just like Why would you not just look up the actual way to go there? Why would you just make something up like that?
0: They were like, it's two stops on the Jubilee line. And it's like, no, it's not. Getting to Greenwich is the fucking worst. You have to get on the DLR. What are you talking about?
1: So, yeah, I guess maybe Hugo was getting out in front of that. That he was like, (laughs) look, I just don't know if the streets of my homeland who... You know, if you looked at the uh, the blood traveling through my body, it would be in the same <laughs> map as that of Paris. <laughs> but, um, but you know, these things change and I've been away, so uh, who's to say?
0: That's uh, that's hilarious. But it also made me think, like, literally today I was, like, on Google Maps checking uh, the route. I'm writing a play and I couldn't remember the route to somewhere, so I just, like, checked it and checked, like, the... The menu on Google Maps, and I was like, Man, being a writer at any point of history before this is yeah. be really fucking hard. <laughs> you have to remember everything. Yeah.
1: So, I guess, yeah, maybe he, but like, not every book written in this time was like this. But Hugo's just like, I yeah. will not have one bad faith criticism. I'm fine <laughs> with being criticized for all this other bullshit I say, but I will not be criticized on my math skills.
0: It is. It is quite funny. It's quite telling that he definitely was only writing for a, a French, probably only Parisian audience, because like he wasn't describing like none of that, as far as I can remember. And maybe it's just because you were skipping over it, but he didn't describe things other than like you know the Y shaped streets or whatever.
1: Yeah, um, like the occasional candle or right. was more to be like, well, there's nut shops here, and you're like, well, why is there? <laughs>
0: Yeah, like, describe the scenery then, because I think maybe that's part of what I was trying to, like, get across mm. is, like, with the, like, it's so detailed, but in such a way that's so, like, useless if you're not living in Paris in 1863. You can't <laughs> picture it. Like, he's writing for an audience that he knows, and he's writing it for people that he knows would know these areas. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah, because, like, yeah, the one we kind of get the most at is the one that's, like, apart from the two or three streets we're going to talk about, it was all blank walls and desolation, not one shop, not one vehicle, occasional lighted candle at the window, uh, garden. And then, yeah, literally, I'm not going to describe the gardens, the convents, the yards, the allotments, or the low-built houses. <laughs> I will list those off, And then the next paragraph is the one that's, like, Petit Picpus... Pe- 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 there's no present map, uh, retained any trace of it, uh, but it was marked on this map. So, uh, <laughs> had a Y-shaped configuration of streets, formed by Rue de Chemin vers saint which divides in two, the left-hand fork taking the name Petit Rue Picpus, and the right-hand fork Rue Poloncule? I will be pronouncing this all very badly, I'm sure, I'm so sorry, um... And then, like, continues, the two arms of the Y were connected by a bar and, as it were, across the top of them. This bar was called the Rue Drama. Uh, This road ended here. This one continued beyond it. The, yeah, but you're like, I guess I feel like I'm trapped in a maze of your words, <laughs> of street names. But, yeah, but, like, yeah. it's not the, like, oh, and around this and the shadows and blah, blah, blah. It's like, here are all the street names and here's how it connects, which actually... um. I didn't think of it while I was reading it, but like us talking about it now, when I was doing the Waterloo segments and I was like, mm. don't worry about it, I'm going to basically condense three pages into one line, the area forms an A. Mm. When, like So this stretch of land, the blah 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 of this and that and the other, and connects at this right angle to blah blah blah, like, loves to draw you a map, I guess. Mm. But in details that aren't fun I feel like it's the
0: difference between so I did a undergrad degree in classics I feel like it's the difference between a classics degree and an ancient history degree where like all of the ancient historians I knew could list off every single date from any war <laughs> um, and it's like but you're doing the classics bit without the fun <laughs> bit
1: hmm. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm sure it's fun for them. It's just, I can't, I don't have a brain for dates, which is why even earlier when I was like 1863, question mark, (laughs) there's like one date that I need to know and it's the publishing date of fucking lay myth. I still don't know I have it
1: it written in the back of like every notebook I have for this podcast (laughs) and still I'll be like, that's a day. It was published. (laughs) I can promise you that. (laughs) Well, I guess maybe this is... Victor Hugo loves it. It's not maybe he does. Like he's done this a lot. He mm. loves it. It's kind
0: of interesting because I think of him as a purple prose writer, but he doesn't really describe like the, the world.
1: <laughs> well, like
0: <laughs> full stop. So,
1: it was really uh, like condensed for me. I don't know if condensed is the right word. When we, when we were doing the Waterloo bits, that he can be purple prose, and then he mm. can and will. No, you can't stop him list <laughs> and mm. you can almost get into either and it's that thing yeah. like that oh so that waterloo thing okay i guess it was important i hate you Victor hugo um <laughs> just to be like who is H- hugo what is he trying to do where it's like hugo being like i am a poet and then there's hugo being like i am a historian even though i'm gonna pretend like oh i know i'm not a historian so if i get things wrong you can't tell mm. me off teehee but like that is what he's doing And trying also, Mm. like, desperately to present this as a history. You know, every time he's like, well, I found this little bit of information. And when I asked this person, I hate to interject with what I think. But, you know, blah, blah, blah. (laughs) Um, He's got these two almost opposing styles. Mm. He doesn't really integrate them together so much as, like, here is me talking about the moonlight and the Greek gods and the thunder, like, Zeus, blah, blah, blah. Here is a list of street names. <laughs> yeah. I mean,
0: yeah. Uh, part of me wants to be like, you literally said the word like when you were saying, you know, there's this list of street names and it made you feel less lost because of the labyrinth and lab, blah, blah, labyrinthine nature of just like listing so many words and it's like yeah you know you can you could make the argument like in your essay you could make Mm. the argument that like putting all of these names together really showed that he was intending to make it a maze so that in your brain you can't even locate yourself anymore because you're so lost just looking at all the names
1: (laughs) (laughs) and that is the essay I would have written if I had to at uni
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, same. Uh, I don't know if I would have got that far, to be fair. (laughs) I probably would have focused on Javert.
1: (laughs) Yeah, but I mean, like that's the flavour of where you'd be like, right, I don't believe in this necessarily, but I can argue it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, Yeah. exactly. So like, I completely get what you're saying, where you're like, yeah, okay, I guess. If we take the human aspect of wanting to read this book and enjoy it, then sure, (laughs) we can make that argument but when you're reading it you're just like uh (laughs) (laughs) and on that note (laughs) this has been
0: why are we doing this to ourselves the podcast yeah do you have any final thoughts
1: not consistent that's what I write on the essay (laughs) me marking Victor Hugo's homework the homework which is that he hands this whole book into me and is like how did I do and I'm like inconsistent D (laughs) minus (laughs) Work on these areas. Those are your strengths.
0: (laughs) On the marking table, which is like, you know, here are the criteria. And then it's like consistency and style and uh, (laughs) characterization, (laughs) themes and motifs. (laughs) Structure. (laughs)
1: Mm, Structure. (laughs) No,
0: and it's like themes and motifs you know you get the highest score
1: structure <laughs> you do have, and I can't take this away from you a lot of themes and motifs can't argue <laughs> you put them all in there, they're all right there <laughs> um. actually we're pretty much at three quarters of the way through the book so he can try hey. and pull that up
0: congrats to us for getting three years in and for getting one quarter in <laughs> Three, six, nine, twelve. It'll only take us nine more years.
1: Oh, did I say quarter, but I, I'm getting a D-minus on this. I meant a third. Oh, wow. Okay, great.
0: Cool, so it's only another six years.
1: <laughs> That's the whole three years of our life we just got back. <laughs>
0: That's true. You know, you've got to look on the bright side of things. <laughs>
1: uh, I do
0: not think that we will still be doing this podcast when we're 32, but, you know, future Nemo, you can edit this. <laughs> <laughs> this is, this is his Gun. <laughs> this has been Brad and Barricade's lamus Podcast, produced by me, Nemo Martin, age 25, <laughs> of my 12-year sentence, um, and Julian Yap. It was a Captain's Collections podcast. Um, if you like this podcast and you would like to send us some comments questions or quibbles you can send them to our email address lamerspodcast at gmail.com l-e-s-m-i-s podcast or you can send us on twitter at lamerspodcast or on tumblr at barricades. our audio director is jade who you can find on her bandcamp jdwasabi.bandcamp.com or on her website jdwasabi.com if you would like to support this podcast you can donate to us on ko-fi or on patreon Anything will go to help supporting us doing Artcube, but if you don't have any money to spare and you haven't left a review on iTunes, please do. And if you do do that, send us a screenshot of it because uh, we like seeing them. It makes us happy. (laughs) And... I think that's it. I think that's it. Thanks for listening. Thanks. Time to read... (laughs) Some Valve Modern fix.
1: <laughs> I am getting. I can feel the end of my time in Teen Wolf. He <laughs> didn't pause record! <laughs> I was like, where is this going? I can feel the end of my uh, exploration of the Teen Wolf fandom drawing to a close. So, <laughs> send any good ones my way, because I'm going to be lost in the labyrinthine streets. <laughs> of paris without a map because they there's no maps of this current day paris that i'm talking about like there was some maps before (laughs) written by this person with the longest name in the whole world but i'll be lost without you sending me the map to those fix nemo
0: (laughs) (laughs) sorry i cannot get over you saying d (laughs) minus
1: that was just the first thing that came to me (laughs)